Welcome to Everyday Driver, where cars are more than just transportation. They're freedom, a common ground, a way to grow, and can even make life better. We're here to help everyone find a car they love and discover all the ways they connect us. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is The Car Debate. Hello and happy Friday. I I can't believe another week's gone by. There's been a lot going on this week, mainly because you and I yeah. had a crazy shoot this week. <laughs> oh, we did. We did. We actually took our cheap sports cars mm-hmm. out in blizzard conditions. We've been watching the weather closely. Mm-hmm. We have. And targeting whenever the next snowstorm comes, we have to go <laughs> testing winter tires. Yes. So a blizzard came and we went out and we were out from about 1230 to sundown mm-hmm. in a parking lot. At one point, the snow was coming at us sideways. Completely so it was sideways, pretty much yes. full-on blizzard, and yes. it was taking the camera lens, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Yeah, I'm not even sure how good that footage is going to be, because if you waited <laughs> about 10 or 15 <laughs> seconds and you came back, the lens was – because the wind, lens Kept happened to be pointed in the direction that the yeah. snow was coming from, because that right. was where the shot was. So every 10 seconds, you had to dust the lens off. We'll see what we got. I, but I say that. I say that. I think we got some great stuff, because the good. whole point was, good. since – we put the winter tires on these cars. It has proceeded to not snow. And we <laughs> yes, wanted to yes. have a winter tire versus all-season tire discussion, and we wanted to wait for really good snow conditions. Well, we asked for it. So what we ended up doing— Finally got it. Yep. We, we had the winter tires on these cars already, but in order to do the comparison, we need the all-seasons on it. So we drove it to location on the winter tires, did some testing. Then we put both of our cars—we we, we made a little kind of pit stop area. You saw the Instagram photos. We took off the winter tires and put on the all-season. So there's an eight-tire swap. Yep. Okay. And then we did all-season tire testing, and then we had to take those tires off to get home, so we had to put the eight tires worth of winters back on. So a 16-tire swap in a blizzard in the middle of a day. And, and we kept looking at each other, going, saying two things. First off, we decided to do this. We chose to do this. Nobody's forcing yes. us. It was a and work day. This is our job. Yep. Those were the two things we kept saying, which is actually kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. We, we carved out a pit stop area, and so it was the putting back on. Because at one point, we had sunshine, mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. was cold, but yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. And then when it was blizzarding sideways, trying to put a, t- a wheel and tire on was... Not the most fun thing I've ever done, but it's all in the name of research and science, and that video is coming at you. Big thanks to our friends at Auto Tempest yeah. and Power Stop Brakes for sponsoring the Cheap Sports Car Challenge yeah. so we could get into these, so we could bring you the information about the tires. And we, of course, did go sliding around at the end when we A put lot. our winners yeah, yeah. back on. Mm-hmm. We had, because it was fresh snow, it was totally. blizzarding yeah. the whole afternoon, and we thought... Should we? Yeah, we should. Yeah, so for we sure. For cruising sure. around and had a bunch of fun. So that is coming at you as uh, the next episode of the Cheap Sports Car Challenge. But there's more content coming at you. It is the last episode of Season 8. Mm-hmm. Now, all these episodes will repeat, but this is the last new content, mm-hmm. and that is airing Saturday, February 6th, 2021 at 7.30 Eastern. It is mid-engines. It is the C8 Corvette Stingray versus the Porsche 718 Cayman. Yeah, it's really cool. As base as we could get those cars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And really focusing on the mid-engine aspect of the Corvette. Yeah. So you understand we've driven the C8 Corvette. The first video was a TV episode, and that was against the prior generation, the C7. So mm-hmm. it was you know, sibling rivalry kind of Totally. Thing. Absolutely, yeah. The next one was golf cars, and that is the Corvette convertible against the LC500 convertible. And mm-hmm. that's what we consider a bit of a different market, different buyer, yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah. But now let's talk about real mid-engine cars. Mid-engine cars you can go buy right now. Mm-hmm. They're on the market. Mm-hmm. Let's go buy them. Really, that was the focus of this episode. We shot out in Valley of Fire State Park, which is north of Las Vegas, Nevada. If you haven't been there, it is spectacular. It's crazy. It really is crazy. It's just a little pocket of just really nutty formations in really, really bright red and orange. Very crazy. It was weird to be there in late in the year. Mm Mm-hmm. And knowing it was snowing back yes. in, back home. Yes. And we're walking around in shorts and T-shirts and mm-hmm. enjoying the weather. But that was great. And also on the Test Drive YouTube channel, the 2020 Volkswagen Atlas, both the regular and the cross sport. Yeah. So both of them are in the same video. Yes. Reviewed. And uh, we had some things to say. So check that out if you're shopping. If you are shopping, also, you can go to the Blipshift store. Or actually, you know what you can do? Just go to everydaydriver.com, hit the store tab. You can go to Amazon, get things like my novel, still would like your reviews and helping me on that for sure. You guys reading the novel People is making are, it go somewhere. Which, which is, is nice. Which is very and cool. Well it's entirely you guys, so yes. thank you. But, of course, the feature films and uh, all of the seasons of TV, season eight has been submitted to Amazon, which means it's a few weeks away from being available there. We'll be on Vimeo sooner. 
But you can also go to the Blipchiff store, and there you can find the new Add Brightness shirt. <laughs> and so the funny. I like big 911 booties that's on there too I'm wearing that shirt you right are now. wearing that shirt and also new caps are coming on the Blipshift store as well so that's all very cool indeed it's been fun this week to have the reveals for the brand new Nissan Frontier and Pathfinder mm-hmm. those are now revealed to the public we have not been in them yet but we're looking nope. forward to driving both of them and it's been fun to sit through these presentations yes. and you know be able to ask questions interact with the media you know that kind of thing they have a lot of people on these presentations tons like 90 to 100 people on zoom meetings and you know microsoft team meetings it's yeah. been astounding so it's it's fun to they actually have pulled in the designers mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. the world wherever the designers yeah. who have led the design teams on both of these vehicles which is pretty cool and nissan see these both these vehicles totally nissan who we have and many others we have said for a while now where is nissan in new product and we had the rogue the brand new rogue over christmas time we took a rogue trip we did not take a road trip but we did have it over christmas time and that was the beginning of them releasing like 20 vehicles in 10 months it's a lot. And right now, the throwing down the the number of reveals they are throwing down at the same time. It's going to be one of those things where it, in in a year they're going to be like, and we're done for five years because they <laughs> right. will have the entire lineup redone. Right. Yeah. And now just let themselves. Yeah. Let's buy hope them, so. Everybody, we'll see. The next episode after this one is an all car question. So get your yep. all car questions. It really next doesn't matter Tuesday. what it yep. is. We look forward to all of those. So we'll be posting on social media. Watch for that. And we do these every 20, no, every 50 now, every mm-hmm. 50 podcast episodes. We'll do the all car questions. So that's an, it's another one coming at us. Yep. So get your questions ready. We've also got a no dumb questions Valentine's Day episode. After mm-hmm. that, that will be episode 576. Next Friday, one week from today. will be Exactly. Be, here's the thing. Now that my wife knows I've announced that this is happening and she's going to be on the podcast and the public knows she's going to be on the podcast, now all of a sudden she's spooked. What? She was all in on the she's idea. She's been excited she for was, months. She was kind of bringing up, we should do it like this. It'd be fun. I'd like it. Now that it's a thing, she's like, I don't know anymore. I'm like, no. See, now we're doing it. <laughs> so she'll be here. We're going to have this is this is going to be a great You're podcast. Introducing her to the world. I am. I am for sure. She can take nice. it. She's going to be great. But she'll but the be thing, fine. The thing that's funny about it is if if you are, and I'm sure you are, if you're in a relationship where um, your significant other looks at you and goes, "How are you this excited about cars?" This is the podcast for you because you can have your significant other write in. We will ask for those questions like we always do, but we're hoping for questions not from you that normally listen. <laughs> from your spouses and significant others who look at you and wonder why you're listening and laughing and, and nodding along about cars. So we're giving people question homework instead of drive homework to yes. go harvest those questions yes. from their significant others yes. to bring them. If you want to ask them on behalf of your spouse, yeah. totally fine. All good, but but those are the kind of questions right. that we want. Any but, question goes. No dumb questions, really. Absolutely. Anything you want to know and talk about about cars, my wife's going to be fielding those and throwing them at us, which will be good. She's going to be questioning them and fielding them herself. No, yes. just kidding. It's going to be all of the above. Every winter, we find ourselves tracking snow, salt, and grime into our cars. Thankfully, Covercraft has a variety of floor mats to keep you winterproof. Covercraft floor mats and cargo mats are custom-fitted to your exact car and include the original equipment security grommets if applicable. They're the perfect and durable way to protect your car's carpet and add style and comfort to your interior. Plus, you can choose from many color and material options to complement or contrast the interior colors of your car or truck. Covercraft is sure to have what you need. They offer plush carpet, Berber carpet, or even sheepskin, which is warm in the winter and cool in the summer. Whatever mats you choose, remember to use the code EVERYDAY21 at checkout to receive a 10% discount and free shipping from Covercraft.com. Now, this is a very, very special car debate. The first of two. We have we two have. really good ones today, but this one is, this is quite unique because it has, it has steps. It starts one way and then it goes another. Martin wrote to us. He's in the Connecticut area. Martin is an actual financial coach. I'm sorry. He you're wrote listening into to the this wrong podcast. podcast. I, you're probably shaking your head at us most of the time. Yeah. He wrote in July of 2020. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get to his podcast then. Mm-hmm. But we came to find out that the car buying process for he and his wife is lengthy. Mm -hmm. So lengthy, in fact, they're still in process. And his wife, Elizabeth, then wrote to us two weeks ago and as the minister of finance overrode Martin's budget in the original email. So the (laughs) minister of finance overrode an actual finance coach's budget Mm -hmm. where he told me, nope. 
that's it. This that's as far as, far as I, I can go. go. Stop right there, Paul. Don't you dare go. And she said, <clears throat> I can step in here. Poor Elizabeth is talking about the fact that her husband overworks this problem. Martin just overworks it, overthinks it, overworks it, keeps coming back to her. This is that, that spouse that needs to listen to the podcast thing where it's just yes. like, okay. She, yes. He comes back to Elizabeth going, what about this versus this? And she's like, I don't even remember the last time we talked about this. I don't remember those engine codes. Like, and I don't Are you still talking? I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> So she's she's actually reaching out to us almost on her own behalf and going, uh, yes. look, I want him to be happy. I want him to have cars he loves. Please help him. She's almost saying, please help him because I don't, I can't anymore. Please help him help her. Yes, absolutely. What, what so it, but it is very funny because Martin, being the financial planner, he knew exactly what his budget was. And Elizabeth steps in and goes, it can be higher. She went up. She went up. It's great. Here's the story. Martin's 51, he's been married 28 years, no kids, and a cat that doesn't need to leave the house. (laughs) Okay. The cat's not a consideration to this. I like that. That's good. Martin's planning on upgrading his daily, and part of the timing, he says, depends on when the future Mark 8 Volkswagen Golf R becomes available. The current garage, he says, has four vehicles in it. Elizabeth told him they can only have as many cars as they have space in the garage. You're right. He bought a Lyft. Mm -hmm. He can get four cars in there. So here's what they have. A 2013 GTI Drivers Edition. This is the car that's getting replaced. Yeah. This is the deal. Yeah. They've got a 2019 Volvo XC40 T5 Momentum, which is Elizabeth's car. Mm-hmm. They did overseas delivery to get this car. And he says, fantastic way to get exactly what you want, drive around Sweden. I believe they're still doing Crazy. it. But that's very many cool. Europeans have canceled their programs. They've stopped doing that, like yeah. BMW, yeah, yeah, yeah. to my knowledge. They've also got an 08 Jeep Grand Cherokee Limited. It has the Hemi, and it is the winter-slash-tow-slash-haul vehicle. All right. And finally, they've got another GTI, Mm. 1996 VR6, bought brand new. Martin can't seem to part with it. Perfect original condition, and he loves the sound of the VR6. Here's the original budget, the budget that (laughs) got canceled by the Minister of Finance. This is where they started, and then it went up, yeah. It was $45,000, including what he sells the 2013 GTI for. Mm -hmm. He's self-employed as a financial coach. He said he helps people with their finances. We don't, including budgeting and setting (laughs) and achieving financial goals. The people writing to us on the podcast know that they have to throw all that information out. We help them achieve goals, just not proper budgeting goals. Martin, you understand this is like meeting a doctor who smokes. (laughs) Right? And they smoke because they enjoy it for no other reason. It's, Mm -hmm. wait, you're a medical doctor, so you know. It's not like you haven't heard. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. Let that information sink in. He said back then it means he doesn't have any additional money for me to spend. Mm -hmm. And yet I did. Your wife does. Yeah. (laughs) Now he works from his house. He travels to meet clients. He says they're usually fairly local, but. You know, he doesn't want to be in something too flashy. He can kind of work around this. With all the other cars in the garage, you take a different car if you're worried about it. Honestly, this is true. That's what happens. Take the Jeep. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you can open your conversation, Martin, with, so Paul and Todd told me to do this and just, okay, well, you need to <laughs> tune in. You need to meet them. And, and then everybody will say, oh, well, Paul and Todd gave you permission. Everybody has to splurge. Fine. That's what's really happening here, yeah. On the other hand, Martin, if you roll up in a flashy car, whatever that is, People will believe you more because you're the financial coach. You can get into something more expensive. They'll value your – well, Martin knows what he's doing. Look what he drives. Or he'll have that conversation right? where it's like, you should be more strict here. And they're going to be like, you drive a nice car. Exactly. Yeah, who knows? You're hosed either way is my point. <laughs> <laughs> That's all bad. Thanks for listening. He's got a list of cars that he's owned, including a Volkswagen Bug Convertible, which was his first car. Hmm. He's got an Olds Cutlass Supreme on here, Passats, Quattros, Jetta Wagon. And an 83 Rabbit GTI. He's a GTI guy. He's a Volkswagen guy. A 72 Bug, a a Golf GT in 87, a Passat in 92, an Audi A6, a Jetta Wagon, a GLI, an 83 Rabbit project car he sold for the current one, and he's thinking about getting a Mark 8. (laughs) Exactly. We have got Volkswagen covered, man. (laughs) We do indeed. The 96, he says, is already the car. He doesn't drive in the winter. So whatever he buys needs to be okay in Connecticut weather. He doesn't need it to go through snow, but he doesn't want to drive the Jeep all winter either. Now, he does run summer and snows. He swaps them on the GTI. He could do the same on whatever this new vehicle is. It needs to be fun to drive on back roads, 
but they would also like enough cargo space for a road trip and relatively reasonable to maintain. Okay, okay. Can't be a manual because, he says, while Elizabeth can drive a manual, she doesn't like to, and the 96 will remain the only manual in the fleet. Okay. So the list he came up with is the future 2022 Mark 8 Volkswagen Golf R. He's owned six generations. He's drawn to it again, which is fine. The BMW M240i, slightly used, and a Porsche Cayman with the PDK. Martin's six foot three, 230 pounds, so vehicles like the Miata won't work. He sat in the 86, and he says he fits, but it's not comfortable enough for him to want to buy one. That was the original email. Then two weeks ago, Elizabeth wrote to us and says, Hello, gentlemen. This is perhaps a little unorthodox. <laughs> I love this so much. My husband emailed you. She says, from the podcast she's heard, she's sure this wouldn't be a hardship for us, but please up his potential budget into the fifty-five to $60,000 range. <laughs> Elizabeth, I like you. <laughs> I do, too. She says she may not have the Minister of Finance title because of Martin's title as a financial coach, but she believes she has the power to override this I time. I love this. She says maybe the answer is two cars, which brings her to number two. They currently have four cars. They have three bays and a lift. If we have any ideas on additional storage options, that would be great. She's heard of inflatable car covers, those inflatable bubbles that you park your Ferrari yeah, GTO yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> your GTO only. Yeah, Pretty much. GTO That's parking. That's very funny. Yeah. She says, are those a thing and are they any good? Any effect on the paint? Any thoughts are appreciated? She loves Martin and wants him to have the cars he wants, but she says there is absolutely no way her Volvo XC40 doesn't get a premier garage parking spot. <laughs> okay, Agreed. I like it. That's good. Put your foot down. And finally, most importantly, she says it takes about two years for them to buy a car. That's two years of Martin asking her thoughts on different automotive engines, interiors, and features. Two years showing her photos of different cars and body styles and colors. Two years of him rattling off car model names and numbers in conversation as if she's keeping track of all that uh -huh. stuff. Uh -huh. And the added kicker, she says, is the year of test driving. The year. Has she mentioned she hates car shopping with the passion of a thousand hot suns? All of which to say, she says, please help him. She will be eternally grateful. And for making a podcast that doesn't make her want to slam her head into a dashboard. Well, Elizabeth, I'm I'm really glad that you have overheard this podcast as somebody that's not car obsessed and it doesn't drive you nuts. I love that. That's actually great. And I'm glad there's actually many of you out there where your spouse or your kids or whoever listen to the podcast. And I think that's great and wonderful. And we're genuinely, that's something that we strive for. What I find so funny about this is this is Elizabeth writing and saying, please help me. <laughs> please help Martin I mean, to help she, her. Help Martin, but please help me. I love <laughs> Martin. Please help me. Please get past this. I love that the budget has gone up as well. <laughs> I, I, of, of all the emails I expected to get, even if Elizabeth writing in, I could see her writing in and going, honestly, guys – we really got to be careful with this budget. It would have gone down. Totally. No, she's like, no, no, more. Because let's get him a cool car. <laughs> the first thing I thought of is that, Martin, you've had six generations of the Volkswagen Golf. Yes. Six. Count them six. Six. Okay. Mm -hmm. I understand that you're intrigued by the future, Mark 8. I understand. Mm -hmm. I get it. Mm -hmm. How about something different? Please. How about Please something get something different that will involve Elizabeth in your road trips and furniture mm, hunting, mm. because apparently they do some road trips and like to stop and maybe grab a piece of furniture here and there. Wherever okay. they, they, they like to have the capability of doing so sort of the last minute. Sure. You know what? I bet that would fit. Let's let's get in and, you know, take it on home. I like that you want something fun to drive, but you're taking her into consideration, too. I do understand that. She already has an SUV. Mm -hmm. You already kind of have two because you've got the Jeep Cherokee as well. Yes. You've had hot hatches. You have two actually mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. I would think a sedan. You'd think, let's get you into a sedan or something, you know, sports car like. Yeah, but I can't yeah. ignore the furniture requirement. I can't. Okay. Now, you could drive the Jeep, but then you'd say, I don't want to take the Jeep on the road trip. Not as comfortable. Yeah, we can get furniture in there but I don't want to take it. Mm -hmm. You could take her Volvo on the road trip if she yes. would allow that. Mm -hmm. That will fit furniture. But I don't see that really happening. That's sort of her thing. I mean, that's her car. She drives it when she does her own furniture shopping and her own thing. The two of you is what I see this car being. Mm -hmm. I started out reading your original email thinking about a 2021 Mazda 3 Turbo, fully loaded at $35,000, saving you money. Mm. You would probably give me a gold star as my financial coach. <laughs> and then the budget went up. <laughs> well, then Elizabeth's email came in. Yes. Because it went up and I have the car. 
Really? I have the car. Okay. You're going to have to ignore that it's another SUV. You're going to just have to ignore that. Because again, I'm thinking furniture. And this SUV doesn't do SUV kinds of things. Uh Uh-oh. All right. Okay. All right. I'm hearing you. It does different things. It does Mm -hmm. fun things. Mm -hmm. It has snarly, growly personality traits and does a lot of... It it just drives so well. I like it so much. (laughs) All right. Where are you going? It's brand new and... Martin, I'm taking Elizabeth's budget into account, and I'm adding even more because I want you to get the 2021 Mercedes AMG GLC 43. Ooh. Now, they start at $59,000. The one you want, the way we had our spec mm-hmm. on our test drive mm-hmm. channel, was $70,000. You think, whew, 70 That's grand. Yeah, I yeah. better be getting a lot for my money here. You are indeed. Okay. This is a three liter V6 with 385 horsepower, 384 pound feet of torque. It sounds delicious. You get in in the interior is like the high end, the super high end Mercedes stuff. Mm -hmm. The craftsmanship, the attention to detail, the materials, the tech. And then let's talk about the way it drives. This is why you're going to have to forget it's an SUV. This is also the car I got my latest speeding ticket in, but that's notwithstanding. <laughs> Separate thing, yeah. We do have a test drive on this. We you do. can watch that, yeah. It's so scrumptious to be in. It's so delightful. It's so mm-hmm. – I didn't know SUVs could handle like this and drive so well and feel so comfortable and delight me in so many ways and be my companion on road trips, and it's fast and fun, and it has all these personalities because when you do turn on sport mode and mm-hmm. track mode and – really get after it. This thing is not an SUV. I don't know what you'd call it, but holy moly, <laughs> man. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. That's the fun part about people don't know what it does. I get that it's Mercedes. It's a luxury mm-hmm. vehicle. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd have to pick and choose your clients who you drive it you know, to their place. Mm-hmm. I get that. But it doesn't do the Volvo kinds of things. It doesn't do the Jeep kinds of things. You can drive it all year long. You can put snows on it. Mm-hmm. It's a reward for yeah. being yeah, a financial yeah, yeah. coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's your way of saying, you know what? I've, you know, I'm practicing what I'm preaching here in a way because I love cars. I'm branching out into something different, and it's kind of like the hotter, more luxurious, better next generation GTI. Hmm. Golf. I R. see where you went. I see where you went. Okay, that is the car for you. All right, you have to fall in love with Mercedes AMG. They're, they're just. I never would have said that ten years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm astounded by this thing. I dream about the GLC 43. They are cool. And get this. They put the 63, that engine, the, the 600 really horsepower. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, talk about a rocket ship. Mm-hmm. This is just the 43. <laughs> and I've never understood, Martin, until now, who did they build this for? We all want more. We all want the 63. Sure. We want the yeah, most, yeah, the, big the biggest numbers, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But then they have this 43 that's backed off, but it's still such a delight to drive. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. less money. I'm thinking, well, who who would buy this? Martin, Martin and Elizabeth. That's funny. I like it. That's good. I did not go that route. You and I went very different places with no this. No kidding. So kidding. Martin and Elizabeth, hi, by the way. I want to unpack this for both of you because there's very interesting and in some cases conflicting information in your emails. And I'm not just talking price. <laughs> okay. okay? Yeah. First off, Martin – you make this comment about how you want it to be automatic so she can drive it. I think that's awesome. My yeah. dad just did the exact same thing when he bought his Corvette. Sure. I think that's wonderful. You guys want to take road trips in and have it be a fun car. I think that's wonderful too. Then you mention in passing that your wife likes to buy and then resell furniture, and sometimes you guys pick it up on road trips. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in your list of considerations, you are considering a Cayman, which is not a furniture hauler. That's not a furniture hauler. And also, yeah. when Elizabeth writes back, she ups your budget and makes no mention of that need. Elizabeth doesn't think it's necessary. She okay. wants you to get okay. a fun car. Okay. I see where you're I reading into I am not it. letting you off the hook. Okay. I like no this. more Volkswagens. No. I agree I am with that. I'm putting my foot down. I agree the with The Mark that. 8 doesn't go. I'm even yes. going to push. I'm going to push and then come back. I'm going to be hard on you for a minute, and then I'm going to retract it a bit. Why is the 96 around? It needs to go. Think so? Yes. Is you there have too much emotional attachment to it? zero mention of when it even gets driven. Yeah, true, true. It is, it is an anchor. It is sitting there on a <laughs> lift, it sounds like. Yeah, probably. It is taking up a parking space, never gets driven in the winter, ever. Bit of an albatross, you're saying? I, I, 
I understand the nostalgia. We all have this problem. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. the reason I'm looking at 300ZX twin turbos again because it's pure <laughs> nostalgia. This is the reason I would buy a Jaguar E-Type if I had the money in the garage space. It's pure nostalgia. I do get it. True. But this is your, your eternal car, and I, this is where I'm pushing. I don't think you need that car because I don't get the sense you use that car. I think you have it fair, because fair. there's history. And you like how it sounds, but I don't get the sense that you really drive it very much, if at all. Mm-hmm. I think it mm-hmm. mostly sits, and that makes me sad. But so if, by selling it, that ups his budget even more. It would, it would. But I'm not going there. I'm assuming Martin that you're already saying absolutely not. That car stays. So if that car stays, then I will put this to you. If okay. the '96 stays, you absolutely can't get another Volkswagen. Agreed. Agreed. If you yes. got rid of that, I might argue with you. Okay, maybe another Volkswagen. But if the '96 stays, Volkswagens are out. We're gone. We're not doing that again. Also, Elizabeth has said the furniture thing doesn't matter. I mean, she does have the Volvo already, which will yes, you fold yes. the seats down. It will do furniture things. Yes, and if you find something random in a place in the middle of nowhere, have them ship it to you, okay? <laughs> because because the because the other thing is true. You you true. tell me a story about you and your wife, just the two of you. Your cat doesn't matter. You already told us this. You and your wife want to go on fun road trips. That means an it's event. It's a special event for the two of you. Mm-hmm. This is like I have a pickup in case I need to haul something. Which is the road a lot, trip is about the fun for the two of you. The road trip is about driving the fun car. It's about going to the fun place. It's about seeing the stuff. And there's this little floating thing that maybe if we find a piece of furniture, we'll have to bring it home. So I can't get the sports car. But you, Martin, have said you'd like to look at a Cayman. So I went great point straight for cars that don't have to carry furniture. Okay, on the it. off chance they fit, bonus. You're getting something little. But I threw that right out. Did you do anything to their budget? I didn't. I, I used Elizabeth's budget. Okay. I used Elizabeth's budget, but okay. we're talking about, okay, we've got forty-five grand and up. She's she's given us quite she's, a bit to work with. She's gone she's given all us the as way much to as 60. 60. Yes, so I, I can I almost do... I mean, I went do, further than that, but... I know. know you did. I can almost do everything I want to talk about for that original 45. You can absolutely do it for the 60 that Elizabeth is talking about, which is what I like. I am shopping for fun cars for the two of you. An automatic that you would enjoy. Please drive that Cayman. You brought it up, Martin. Please go drive Definitely. a Cayman. That yes. is a great consideration. I will also put it to you this way. Consider the Boxster. Yeah. If yeah. this is a fun car, you have the top down. I mean, he's saying winter, but we are doing the convertible sports car thing yes. in the winter on winter tires. I mean, I, I am more of a Cayman guy than the Boxster guy, but if somebody says to me, just fun car only, I kind of start to go, okay, this is what these cheap convertibles mm-hmm. have done for me. I kind of go, should you get a convertible? Yeah. So look at a Cayman, drive a Boxster. While you're there, though, I have two others for you that great road trip cars and also incredibly usable. You need to go drive a Corvette C7. Get a Z51 pack, Corvette C7 in the automatic. Don't get a first year. After the first year, the automatic went to an eight-speed, and it got better. Mm-hmm. First yes, year was yes. a six-speed. That's what's in our C8, C7 piece. Although, wouldn't you, wouldn't you recommend a Grand Sport in this case? If you can, pu- here's you the can thing. do that for if that you kind can of money, do easy. a Grand Sport for the money, get the Grand Sport. The Grand Sport is the greatest hits car. It always comes out later in the model lineup. It's all of the good stuff and good look of the Z06 without the monster motor. You can get a Z06 for 60 now. Yes. Grand Sport is under that. You, you don't need the Z06. Get a Grand Sport. I totally agree with you. You yeah. can get a basement with the Z51 and load it out or buy somebody's Grand Sport and enjoy. True. That thing will True. get great gas mileage. You guys will have plenty of space. It has a surprisingly big hatch. I mean, not furniture big, but any kind of road trip you want to take, just get that car. It's side table kind of space. <laughs> Depends May- entirely. Yeah. yeah. So I think – plus also you don't have, you don't have good – American car experience. You owned a couple. You had an old 86 Ford Mustang four-cylinder and an 83 Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's let's circle back, okay? <laughs> that C7 is going to be great. It's just going to run. I think you would love that. The other one I thought of that is absolutely within your budget, BMW M2. Don't do the 240. Get an M2. If you're Well, now that Elizabeth has upped yes. the budget and approved everything, get the M2. Here's the yes, thing. That's the delightful. M, the M2, the early yeah. M2s had already dropped to around 45. Now, with your full budget yeah. of 60, you can just go pick an M2. And that's a car, Martin, you'll fit in. Both mm-hmm. of you will fit in very yes. comfortably. It, it does feel like a car, and then mm-hmm. it doesn't do normal car kinds of things. That, that, and and here's, great. here's the one thing about the three that I've listed so far, Cayman, Corvette, and M2. The M2 is the one that you could drive up to any client, and they wouldn't think that's a hot car. 
The Corvette and the Cayman, they might. The M2 is one of those cars that car enthusiasts know it's hot. Everybody else just sees a BMW, just a, just a normal BMW. True. Yeah. Get that with the, the dual clutch. Just that's a great choice for you guys. The M2. I have two wild cards. You'll see why they're wild cards. They are more flashy. They're going to be more expensive to maintain, but we're shopping for fun here. Aston Martin Vantage used. Really? Or you're going there. similar car in look, <laughs> the Jaguar F-Type. Wow, you're going all the way there. But I still think Cayman C7 or M2 is your car. The furniture can be shipped. Spend some money. Have some fun. This is where I'm going. Our friends at Griot's Garage have got a new line of ceramic products to make your car care easier and more satisfying than ever. You can start with the new Ceramic Wash & Coat, an ultra-slick formula that can be used with either the bucket wash method, the foaming sprayer, the cannon, or whatever Paul has come up with now. We take Speed Shine with us on every single shoot. It's the ultimate for quick detailing, and now it has ceramic protection too. Ceramic Speed Shine maintains a slippery gloss finish in between your main washing and protection days. And they even have ceramic trim wipes for long-lasting protection on plastic trim. Try any of these products individually or use them as your new wash routine. They're 100% guaranteed, and all the liquid products from Griot's are made in the USA. And don't forget to use the new code EDRIVER when you're ordering from griotsgarage.com. Our audience gets 15% off liquids and 10% off everything else. That's Griot's, G-R-I-O-T-S. Enjoy the finest quality car care products you can buy at griotsgarage.com. James G. in Boston writes to us with the question, which SUV should he buy? Okay. I like that you're thinking there's a story behind this, sure. which takes sure. you into yeah, yeah. SUV land. But I have to ask, why always start with that? What, why shouldn't it just be, which vehicle should I buy? Rather than I'm already <laughs> pigeonholed in SUV, yeah. I guess I'm buying an SUV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He and his girlfriend are looking to get a new car. Currently, she's driving a 2015 GTI with okay. the DSG. All right. They bought this car together when they were living in Boston, needed something small to navigate the tight streets. Sure, yeah, yeah. Just like Europe. They picked the GTI in early 2019 with about 85,000 miles, picked it up for 14 grand. Wow, so that's a find. Car. Okay. They both quickly fell in love with it. The hatch and folding seats meant it was plenty practical. It was the fastest thing around driving through the city, they said. It came on winter tires. So he bought, James bought, a set of PS4s, which are great. Mm -hmm. They both lived in walking distance to work, so they only put about 10,000 miles on it over the last two years. Wow, okay. However, they moved out of the city to the suburbs, and they're both now commuting. This meant they had to buy a second car, which he did, and James sends us the, his car conclusion after much searching and much renting of cars, he did a little bit of hooning too. He settled on a 2020 Mustang GT base for $8,000 under sticker. Hmm. Wow, that's a find. His girlfriend kept the GTI, loving it more than he did. But the problem now is the commute, more specifically the winter commute. Mm -hmm. She is a nurse at a downtown hospital, which means she doesn't get the luxury of snow days. Even if there's a blizzard and 18 inches of snow on the ground, she has to drive into work. Okay. So they learned the GTI wasn't going to cut it when she drove through a big snowstorm in December, apparently. He says even with the winter tires, the GTI couldn't hang. Okay. Now, what we're, they're looking for is we can imagine all-wheel drive is the top of the list. Depending on what they end up with, they'll still likely get a set of winter tires, but yes, all-wheel drive is a must, he says. For the year, she, the year, she needs to drive 20 miles through a blizzard. And then he comes to this. Mm -hmm. He says, the next most important thing is Apple CarPlay. Okay. He never thought he would base his car buying decision around an option. He says, this is life-changing. I'm still getting used to this thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And they also need cargo space, lastly. Coming from a hatchback, she's not interested in going to a sedan, especially considering they like to go camping in the summer months, in the warmer okay. months. all right. I like. Now, last requirement here is speed. Not a requirement necessarily, but it'd be nice. They, they like the nimble, quick feeling mm -hmm. of the GTI. Mm -hmm. They would like to avoid getting into something substantially slower. Their budget is thirty to thirty-three thousand dollars, and he says uh, between all these requirements, all-wheel drive, cargo, price, some power, that puts them in crossover territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They think they need a CUV. What's weird though is that he decided to go shopping to see, which I'm glad he decided to go shopping to see what he could find and what he landed on. I didn't expect, and he's writing us and saying, "Here's what I drove." Here's why I don't think it works. What else is out there? He thinks they need the brand new, just now getting released, 2021 Ford Bronco Sport. So it is the baby brother to the big Bronco. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
it is based on the Escape. It has engines from the Escape, but it is the sportier version. It's the off-road Escape. Right, rugged. Okay, rugged really version. Escape. Anyway, so th- he went and drove one thinking this will be right because it's turbo. Right. And it's, it's, it's off-road. It's, it's got to be great. Then he discovered <clears throat> it has a three-cylinder. For those of you who don't know, the base model, the Big Bend Edition, and the Outer Banks Edition of the new Ford Bronco Sport are powered by 1.5-liter EcoBoost inline three yes. cylinder engine. Mm-hmm. Now, it makes pretty good horsepower, 181 horsepower, 190 pound-feet of torque, which seems like, okay, pretty Decent, good power. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The upper two trim levels of that are the two-liter inline four, so even more horsepower. So it did 250 horsepower, 277 pound-feet of torque. Mm-hmm. Moves better, apparently. Yeah. This was a consideration, he says, in his test driving. Because he says, he asked the salesperson about the three-cylinder and how it felt. And the salesperson said, I'll put it this way, you can really hear it working. (laughs) That's like, this house is described as cozy. That's what that's the equivalent for. You can take this one of two ways. That means thrashy engine or have you heard my new Hellcat? You can hear it working. Yeah, I see. I just don't think you'd, you'd term it like that. No, none yeah. of us think like, man, does that sound good? I can hear it working. No, we, we want it to sound nice. I, I can hear the blender working from the other side of the house. That's the kind of term you hear, yeah. He said, at full throttle, it barely moved to the point where it could be dangerous merging on the highway. That's interesting, especially with the drivers they have here in Massachusetts. We have heard about you Boston drivers. Yes, we have. Hmm? We're probably thinking, well, James, they do make a bigger engine, which happens to be the more off-road focused. This That would be the Badlands, as I mentioned. Mm, he yeah. test drove that one as well. But the problem is, once it's specced out how they want it, it's out of his budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So James is not necessarily asking us to talk him out of the Bronco Sport. He's just curious if there are other cool off-road, fast crossover SUVs and hatchbacks he hasn't considered. Mm, mm. And they would like to buy brand new. Yes. He says... The market is driving used car prices up, and he's yeah, worried about buying it now. He's actually mm-hmm. worried about buying a used car, and then later on can find out, ooh, well, they're upside down now because yeah. the market balanced yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. He says, of course, if there's a good enough deal, they'll buy used, but primarily they're looking at new. Well, and once you, you deal in the fact that he really wants Apple CarPlay, right, new tech, and yeah. they want to have this for a while— I start to see new becomes pretty obvious. Now, a couple years old is still fine. A lot of those still have Apple CarPlay. But I, I also have to agree with you, man. The That tech is that good, James. It really is worth it. I mean, I just put Apple CarPlay in my wife's Cayenne, and we're both just – it's like it's a new car. And it's, mm-hmm. it's it shouldn't be that way, but it is. It is that – it's just that helpful. So I totally understand. I came up with some SUV suggestions for you, and I do see how you got there, and mm-hmm. I do understand yeah. the needs. But there is – one more car that I do think you need to uh, to take a look at. I've actually already mentioned it. The Volvo XC40 is great. Mm-hmm. They're very good. New, yep. used. Yep. We like it a lot. We're not sure if you'll like the power, but it is going to be better than the base models of the Bronco Sports. Mm-hmm. The tech is great. The styling is great. Mm-hmm. It can do all the things you're asking I, for. I actually looked at the XC40 a little bit, and Did I you? actually found pages and pages within your budget that are all about one year old. So brand yeah. new ones would be harder yeah. with your budget, but honestly, under thirty five grand, I found lots of them, and I am talking all wheel drive, not just front wheel drive. Right, right. All wheel drive ones in your budget. They have great interface, Apple CarPlay, wonderful to be in. That's a great option. Same with the RDX, the Acura RDX, slightly oh, used, yeah, twenty nineteen yeah. and newer is always a great choice that people forget about. We mm-hmm. forget about. Yeah, it. you're like, right. Oh yeah, right. yeah, yeah, those are so great and slightly used. They've dropped in price. I don't think they're you're going to be upside down necessarily, mm-hmm. but those are they can't be ignored. Let's put mm-hmm. it that way. They're the the same kind of thing that we like Mazdas for, and that is more luxury than you feel like it paid for, mm-hmm. which is great. And speaking of Mazda, that CX five is always on our list. All wheel drive with the turbo, without the turbo. In any configuration, as much CX-5s mm-hmm. as you can buy for that. I have that on my list then, for sure. And, and you absolutely. really you want the turbo in that car. But while we're at Mazda, I will say this. I don't know if it's big enough because the CX-5 is good, but I think the other one you could consider is the CX-30 below the CX-5. It's it might not be list. big enough for your needs, but it is more fun to drive. Mm-hmm. And I think it has a little bit more of a rugged look than the CX-5. Watch our test drive about it. We were pretty impressed with that thing. Very impressed. I, I, that's fully within your budget, brand new, loaded out. It's fully within your budget there's a turbo of that coming we haven't driven yes and that would be the one that i recommend i agree but but the 
the CX-5 Turbo or non is good, but Turbo is better. It really is. And that is the Mazda 3 Turbo, the brand new one. Now it's not the, the rugged, oh, outdoorsy sure. kind of thing. But yeah. at 35000 that was everything all in brand new, the 2021 yeah, yeah, yeah. Mazda 3 Turbo. We're both so impressed by that car because it does so many different things. Mm-hmm. It can kind of be like a miniature CUV, but then it's a sports car, but then it's got turbo power. It's also got all-wheel drive, and it's still an automatic, so everybody can drive it. You're saying Mazda, – just hit it. You're saying for CX-30 or the current 3? The current 3 is the consideration. But when the CX-30 Turbo comes got out, it, that, that is like the slightly lifted Mazda 3 Turbo. Yeah, it, it is in a lot of ways. It is that. A little bit beefier plastic fender flares. And it's, yeah. just, it's just right. Yeah, because I think the 3 is going to suffer from the same problem they're having with the GTI. They just don't feel like it's high enough. I think that is going to be an yeah. issue. Those are the ones I want you to take a look at. The CX-30 feels like a CUV, but it's... Kind of like just a raised It's a lifted hatch. hatch. I, I think it's a great choice here. I'm glad yeah. we both think that because I, that, I had that on my list for sure. So that's already been covered. A couple others I do want to mention. I like your uh, XC40 as well from Volvo. A couple other others I want to mention. A fun little surprising turbo CUV well within your budget. Mm. What about a seven-speed DCT and a little turbo motor? How about the Kia Seltos? Nicely done. Yeah, the, I like that. You just don't see that many. The Kias are great right now. Apple CarPlay, decent space. It You can buy one new and probably have money left over. Yeah, yeah. You can and load it out, too. And 7-speed DCT that's got a small turbo motor. But in spite of the fact that it's a small turbo motor, it doesn't feel underpowered. That's Not a thing. rocket ship, but it feels pretty good. That's why we say you can't drive a spec sheet. Mm-hmm. You can't mm-hmm. look at that number, that horsepower number, and think... Uh, that's not enough for me because it doesn't seem like that much more than the Bronco Sport you're talking about. Yeah, it's and, how, and I how think car weighs, I how think the Seltos feels a little. This is I'm splitting hairs here and just stating purely my opinion, but I think the Seltos feels a little more rugged than the Mazda products or the Volvo does. I can see that the Seltos just yeah. feels like let's go camping a little bit more than those do. Okay, <laughs> like so I that. think the the Kia Seltos is a really good consideration. I like the Rav Four for you, but the way you want it is above your budget. The way you oh, want it is like yeah. thirty-eight to forty-two grand, and that's just it's out of your budget. So I think the Rav Four, unfortunately, is out. I have a wild card, okay, that I'm not in love with, but I feel like I have to mention it, and that's okay. a weird place to be because I actually think the ones we've mentioned, the Seltos, the Mazda products, I think that really is where you should be. But you could get a Subaru Outback. You're gonna go there. I'm gonna go there for a couple of reasons. Here's the thing. Okay. Here's here's why I'm going there. Not fun to drive. I'm just going to put that right out there. Not fun to drive. Yeah. Not overly powerful. Yeah. But. I'm still not sold. I, I totally get it. But your wife headed to the hospital in a terrible snowstorm in a Subaru Outback with winter tires on it. You will never think twice. She's going to get there. She's going to get there. As much as I don't like Subaru's CVTs, their CVT is the best. You can drive it manual with the paddles, with the, yeah. with the <clears throat> gears. You can't see the, the air quotes. But they have the best all-wheel drive system. They just do. They've got that turbo now. We drove the Onyx edition. That's true. That turbo. That's true. You, so you got the turbo. So that, that helps a bit. It is It fast. helps a bit. So it, 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 this is why I'm thinking of it. Watch our test drive on the, on the Outback. Because even though we've made fun of it, we totally get why they sell so well. Yeah. And that yeah. has staggering space. <laughs> it does. You, you will does. wonder how yeah. you survived in something as small as the GTI once you drive an Outback. It's bigger than most five-seat CUVs as far as space. Huge cavernous wagon space. Side note, the entire U.S. doesn't buy wagons. Nobody likes wagons. We don't like wagons. The U.S. doesn't like wagons. And the Outback, they can't make fast <laughs> enough. No. Newsflash, the Outback's a wagon. It's a wagon. How on earth did that would dodge that horrible black spot on U.S. car, car, <laughs> car buyers know. that is the wagon? Anyway. So it's because the CUV SUV and they think it's somewhere in the middle. I guess. So you could get yourself an Outback. You would feel very confident in it. I feel confident about how well it will run. You'll have huge space. You could camp in it all the time, all weather. It's the least sporty of what we're talking about, but it does check just about every box. Mm. Wow. I think this is the first time on the podcast we've actually recommended an Outback. It may have been, but there it is. When your car needs new brakes, and it will, it's a great time to upgrade for better stopping power. We're excited to partner with PowerStop Brakes for an easy way to get more performance for something you already need. PowerStop is on a mission to deliver better brakes on every vehicle in every situation, from daily commuting to towing to track days. These are bolt-on, direct-fit parts for better braking with no modifications required. Every PowerStop Complete Brake Kit comes with all the parts you need to upgrade your brakes. That includes the pads, rotors, and even those little clips and fasteners. 
Plus, all their pads are made from a carbon fiber ceramic compound, which they've tested extensively to deliver low dust and noise-free performance. So the next time you need new brakes or simply want to upgrade, visit PowerStop.com and enter your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use car finder. Todd and I even found great kits for our SUVs and cheap sports cars. Give your everyday driver the easy and affordable performance upgrade it deserves at PowerStop.com. Great questions from you guys. Thank you for asking. There's one on here I think all of you have noticed. I think everybody is noticing this, and many people are asking about this, and that is the start and stop or stop-start of car manufacturers Mm. caused by issues with chip shortages. Mm. There's a question here from Kirk Meyer that I want to get to, and that is do we think this stopping and starting of the factories with 2021 cars – is a problem. Do you think do we think there will be issues with those cars because a car stopped getting built in the middle of an, mm. its assembly mm-hmm. and then got started up later on? Or all the people that have been in a groove of of actually building it, I know how to do this. I know how to do this. They've been home for weeks and now they're back. Going, how do I do this again? True. Definitely understand. The headline here and I'm pulling from a recent Wall Street Journal article by Mike Colias and the information that Mike is saying in the article is really remote work fueling this chip shortage, Mm -hmm. which is going to continue. Mm. I think it'll continue as electric cars and new platforms proliferate. And the amount of electronics and electrics in Mm. cars isn't going anywhere. It's only going to get more and more. And as new models come out. So I, I, I don't think this is sort of a temporary thing. Unfortunately, I think this is, it's like a brownout. It might happen again. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so Mike is saying here in this article, it's it's leading to higher chip prices. Chip manufacturers and semiconductor manufacturers are benefiting from this right now. But because car manufacturers have become bigger buyers of all these chips from engine control units, ECUs, transmissions, and of course the displays embedded in everybody's instrument panels, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's what is causing all this in addition to the way technology is shifting to different work habits. So I, I definitely take that into consideration. But now we're hearing reports from Ford and... Mazda and many other car companies that are feeling this. So Kirk, to answer your question though, the level of logistics that happens with a car, car is really just a big expensive product, Mm -hmm. but it's a very complex product. And the amount of logistics that happen in a factory, I'm not that concerned. I'll be honest. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm not too concerned because every car on the assembly line has to go through all these series of checklists and, of course, there's quality control at the end, but just stopping a car, walking away from it, I am quite confident that manufacturer knows exactly at what point that car left off being built, at what needs to go sure. in next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They might just be waiting for that particular part to go in. Ultimately, what they're doing is waiting for that assembly from a tier one, two, or three supplier. That's sure. what they're waiting sure, for. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. So the supplier has to get the part, the semiconductors, whatever that is, install them in their deliveries to the car manufacturer, and they're just waiting for those. As soon as those go in, things can restart. I don't think it's, you know, like all the horror stories we've heard from the 70s, disgruntled workers welding cans inside the doors of Ford Mustangs <laughs> to, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. I'm, I, we're, we're way past that. And hmm. the amount of logistics and part tracking, it far supersedes, I think, anything. There Errors can happen. I'm not saying they don't, yeah. but yeah, yeah. I'm not too worried about it. Bob wrote in with a question about our cheap sports car, specifically him buying his own. He's doing his own $8,000 cheap sports car challenge. But the problem nice. he's discovered is within 75 miles of him, he can only find one or two that even qualify. Mm. And he's saying, if I only have $8,000 to shop for a sports car, I don't see myself spending the money to fly across country. Because he said, I know what you guys are going to say. You guys are just going to say shop nationwide. He said, I'm not going to spend the kind of money it would take to fly somewhere and drive back. Plus, in our current situation, he doesn't really want to fly anywhere. So he's saying, how on earth do I find more of these cars? And then he has an addendum, which is when you and I have been crazy people and bought cars out of state, how do we get them inspected so we know they're not terrible before we put them on a a truck and they show up at our house? So I'm going to try to unpack this quickly, Bob. First off, you need to expand your search out. You said you've only searched within 75 miles of you. Mm -hmm. Go out to 200, 250. You don't say where you are in the country. Okay, but go out to 200, 250. What cities and markets does that add? Because what happens there is now you're driving there. It's a long day. 200 to 250 miles, you can drive there early in the morning, look at the car, theoretically buy the car, and drive it home in one long day. (sighs) 
<laughs> so it's a long okay. day, but yeah. Alternatively, you drive there in a car that you already own with your significant other or whoever or some crazy friend like us that wants to help you. Something like that. You get there and you don't like it, you can turn around and drive home. There's nothing worse than flying to a car, not liking it, and realize you have to go back to the airport, tail between your legs, and buy yourself another plane ticket. You can Ugh. just drive home. Yeah, it's true. So it's it, true. you got to expand your search beyond that 75 miles. That's what I think. Also, when we do cars out of state, we've gotten pre-purchase inspections done. I got one on my Lotus. You got one on your Cayman, I think it was. But yeah. we've gotten pre-purchase inspection done out of state. When I was buying my Lancer, we all know that didn't end well, but there were a few that I actually took out of contention because I had pre-purchase inspections done. Most small garages, independent garages, will do a pre-purchase inspection. It's right. generally right. less than 100 bucks. I've done this. You have to call them. In the case of the Lotus, it happened to be the local Lotus dealer, which is also the Rolls-Royce dealer. And so I got charged Still a so fortune. Funny. But the pre-purchase inspection was very detailed, thank God, because I paid a lot for it. Yeah. Was yeah, it like that, 300 bucks? It was like $300, $350. But it was pages and pages and pages. So True. it was a good one. And the official one. It's different because it was done by Rolls-Royce people. So Exa yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But my point here is. Call around some local garages not that far from where the car is being sold, mm -hmm. whether it's an individual or whatever, and figure out some place that's willing to take it. Make sure the person selling it is willing to drive it over there. Again, don't make them drive across town. Mm, yeah, but tell them yeah. that, hey, I want you to – I'm calling from out of state. I need somebody to look at this car. I don't know one there. Will you drive it a couple miles to this place, let them do a pre-purchase inspection, and then you call the garage back and get the report? Yeah. That works right, like crazy. Right. There's a question on here from Instagram from the Mike Jones double zero who asks with Cadillac announcing this is the last of the internal combustion engine black wings. Other companies are sure to begin making similar similar statements for their performance cars. Mm -hmm. What brand do we think will be the very last to make internal combustion engines? We're, we're not talking in five or 10 years though, Mike, we're, no, we're, not, we're not talking anytime not. soon, but he's saying Ferrari, Porsche, Dodge, who, who's going to be the last I think uh, Ferrari is taking it on the chin right now. They have introduced their first hybrid model, mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. SF90, I believe it is. That is, you know, their their toe in the pool. They have always claimed, no, we're we're the holdouts. Here, there's, you know, they're building an SUV, yeah, and an SUV and a hybrid hybrids Both are now, yep, and for sure, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yep. I definitely take your point. That is a sad future day. I do agree, but I think it's a long day from now because hybrids will continue to be built in many forms. I feel strongly about that. And that will include our favorite supercar performance manufacturers. Lamborghini is one manufacturer that has had a pretty big stake in the ground as far as not only we're we building internal combustion engines, but they're V10s and V12s. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They, they are they a have, hold out there in a big way. We You're have right. not yeah, heard yeah. any like, yeah, the hybrid Lamborghini. Yeah. Nobody's heard anything up to this point, really, anything meaningful of production. You can buy this. They're all the crazy one-offs. So I think it will be the really high-end performance manufacturers. But get this. I've, t I've touched on this before. It's the manufacturers that are directly tied to sound. Interesting it's Nothing point. to do with performance or power or number of cylinders either. That's good. That's good. And I'm talking like the Porsche Flat 6. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be a holdout. They certainly will. I definitely believe that. I do believe Ferrari and the V12 whale and mm -hmm. Lamborghini with their V10s and Aston Martin with V12s. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're directly connected to sound. Nobody really loves the sound of a four-cylinder. <laughs> I mean, really. I like the 718 Cayman, but, you know, nobody else does. So. But, but you're right. In general, nobody's like, oh, have you heard this latest four-cylinder? That's not typically the case. I think, Mike, the sound equation of car ownership is, isn't going to die slowly. That's going to go down fighting mm -hmm. that, that the buyer wanting sound to go with their vehicle because as good a performance as future electric cars will give us, mm -hmm. and it's going to be more than we ever thought possible. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's going to be great. Yeah. That's something exciting to look forward to, but the sound is what matters. Yeah. Everybody talks about Mustangs and Camaros and Corvettes. Have you heard the sound? It's always mm -hmm. about the sound. Interesting point. That drives this hole in your chest and you go, ha ha, when, I just want to rev it and do burnouts. When people leave car shows, what do they want people to do? Rev the engine? Yes. So anything that addresses sound is the most important. Again, interesting point. It doesn't matter the cylinders. Okay. okay. And it doesn't matter fuel economy or yeah, combustion yeah, yeah. or how it's put together. I think it's really going to be tied directly to sound. That's a good question. I like that. On Twitter, Steve Nelson has a question that I'm going to put on my flak jacket and I'm going to answer this. 
<laughs> Have you guys ever driven a BMW with the SMG transmission? This is the <laughs> early 2000s <laughs> transmission, the single clutch manual gearbox from BMW. It was in the E46, much beloved generation. It was in that M5 that had the V10 that we drove for the Test Drive channel. It was in that as well. They did make this. This is before they went to the DCT, the dual clutch transmission. It was the SMG, single manual gearbox. Okay. He said he tried one in an 05 M3. Mm-hmm. He said, maybe I didn't do it right, but it wasn't good. This is why my <laughs> flak jacket's on, Steve, because they aren't good. They aren't good. Now, someone yeah. is currently writing an email or planning to because they own an SMG transmission, and they're going to tell me, I've heard these emails before, about I just don't get it, mm. and I haven't driven it right. And do I know about the fact that you can set the gearbox to various settings of velocity, and do, you, do I know that you have to lift my foot off the gas in order to get it to shift because it's really shifting a manual transmission behind the scenes? Can you hear I've heard all this? Can you tell this? Okay. I know all Why of those Why would I be features. led to believe that? But here's the thing. If it was good – they and every other manufacturer, BMW and everybody else, wouldn't have gone to a dual clutch. If that was refinable to be better, they would have stayed with it. Yeah. It is possible to drive an SMG and to become one with it and understand how you need to interact to make it better. It is first-gen automated gearbox technology. Mm-hmm. It is yes. not good enough. Yes. If you're going to get an E46, get the manual transmission. Don't get an SMG unless you really just want to accept that reality. It is a flawed gearbox that they walked away from. It's not just you, Stephen. We've known a lot of owners that have it and don't and never even blended with it. They've had a car for a long time with SMG, and they're still like, I just still can't. I just don't really like this gearbox. That's why they left it. It wasn't good. Get the manual. <laughs> Question on Instagram, similar to what I was talking about, about the chip shortage and what's going to happen also. The other question about future internal combustion into cars, but the actual question at the end of the, the, uh, the well, long diatribe here <laughs> is, do we think all of us enthusiasts are going to jump straight to a forever car or the cul-de-sac car, as you've mm. termed it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than wanting to do a progression from car to car in a specific effort to get what they want. It's going to depend on the person. Mm-hmm. I think there is going to be a bit of car hoarding in that sense. Mm-hmm. We're in a different age right now. We're not yeah. in the get yeah, an E46 because yeah. it's the best BMW ever. It's well, there's actually good BMWs after that too. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. aspirational and I yeah, can yeah, sell yeah. the E46 and get something next. But now we're looking at the future platforms as we've talked about yeah. extensively and, and what's coming from a hybrid and pure electric and that kind of thing. So I do think there's going to continue to be a proliferation of those special cars. The prices are going up. That's what we're seeing right now. Yeah, They're yeah. special. I, it's not necessarily hoarding. That's the wrong word, but definitely love. But what I like the most about all of this is not that it means the only the people who can afford them will have them and that's it. Mm. I like that this will proliferate cars that previously were junked or you know, maybe that's not worthy of being put back together. Now will be reconsidered to mm. build. Yeah. Let's put that back in the road. Let's yeah. keep that thing going. Maybe we do put it in a full electric powertrain. Yeah, maybe it. convert it. Yeah. Let's keep those cars. Let's keep those shapes on the road. I think that's what it's going to push all of us. We're such a disposable society. We're so, you know, yeah. The stuff gone. that has sticking power is going to continue to have that. You're right. That's a good point. And I think hopefully manufacturers will allow this, mm-hmm. the continuation and proliferation of the kit cars, the continuation oh sure 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 yeah yeah. seeing that from aston martin i disagree with all the people who say it's diluting the brand look what the cobra has with Mm -hmm. the the following and the kit cars and all the continuation cars that the cobra has nobody cares they're just awesome cars they're fun to drive doesn't matter what it is i want to get in anything so i hope that more cars will be considered to do the continuation program or Mm. do the replica rebuilds. Okay. You could go to the SEMA show and almost build a complete Mustang or Camaro. (laughs) You could. From parts on the show floor. You could start at one end of the show floor and walk through and have your car built by the time you're done. That would be a TV show. It would be. Somebody's going to do it. It's not going to be us, but uh, I'm surprised they haven't done that already at a build show. Yeah, I agree. But that kind of thinking, I I hope it (laughs) preserves what we have now and proliferates it. That redefines the term SEMA build. 
My SEMA build was not a car. I built one that brought it here. I bought it and built it here. That would be awesome. I actually would like to see that. On Facebook, Oliver had an interesting question because he saw the really, really cold conditions we had for our tire test. And he said, okay, so what's warmer, the SLK or the Z4 in the cold weather? Mm. I have the answer, and it's actually the Z4. It's the Z4. A couple of reasons. First off, I do have heated seats, and you don't in the SLK. But the other thing is, I do have to say, one of the things that amazes me the most about the Z4 is how comfortable it is to be in. Now, the suspension's pretty stiff, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. the cabin has a surprising amount of space. My head does not hit the top of the convertible at all. It doesn't touch, which is amazing. And I've had it on really hot days and really cold days. And as soon as the, the engine warms up, so that it can be operating at max AC or max heat, you will shock yourself with how hot or cold you can make that car depending upon your needs. It does a great job. Yeah, I will say the heater in that Z4 isn't like any other car heater you've ever felt. It's a blast furnace. It's crazy. Masquerading as a car. I think they built a car around a giant. (laughs) It's really surprising. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the uh, the mystery ooze in the SLK is back when the snow flies and then it gets a little bit warm and melts, that mm. that little drip. That's awesome. It's back. I'm very excited. It's so exciting. Something about the, the lubrication for your top is, is oozing out. Something about it. It's super it's, exciting. It's yeah. weird. Thank you guys for all your questions. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.